What's up, everybody, and welcome to Let's Argue with Jay Playhard. I am your host, Jay. Uh, we are here on February 13th. Uh, it's a little late, but I am here to give you my reactions for uh, the Super Bowl. So we had the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers, and that score was 25 to 22 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know who won the MVP. That would be Patrick Mahomes. And you know what we do here at Let's Argue. We never bet against Patty. So let's get into it, man. Uh, top performers from the game would be Mahomes, uh, who went 34-46 for 333 yards passing. Uh, he also had two touchdowns and one interception. He also hurt the 49ers, especially late in this game with his legs, with nine rushes for 66 yards, including two big runs to uh, seal the game at the end of overtime. Uh, Brock Purdy, he played well for the San Francisco 49ers, going 23 of 38 for 255 yards and a touchdown. Uh, other top performers were Travis Kelsey, who had nine receptions for 93 yards, and San Francisco's Christian McCaffrey who had 22 rushes for 80 yards and an additional eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jawan Jennings uh, had the game of his life with two touchdowns as well. Had the 49ers would have won the game, I think he probably would have been the MVP. Uh, McCole Harbin was actually uh, the hero for the Chiefs late in that game. who He caught the game winner in overtime. Uh, my takeaways from the game, uh, first of all, Patrick Mahomes is I'm not I'm not ready to call him the goat but he's definitely in the conversation man I mean Montana Brady you know he's on the Mount Rushmore with those guys in my opinion uh, I'd never bet against Patty and I never will again you know after the AFC championship game when he took down the Ravens but uh, let's get let's get into some some points here about uh, the game itself and some takeaways that I had from it uh, like I said, Jawan Jennings, shout out to him, man. I mean, he balled out in a losing effort, but he was everywhere on the field. He was throwing touchdowns. He was catching them. He was uh, making big plays on third down. So uh, shout out to him, uh, the way he played against San Fran. Now, uh, we've talked about Patty. We've talked about uh, how great he is, but let's give some love to Travis Kelsey too, man. I mean, he made some big, big catches down the stretch there. Uh, to keep some drives going the offensive line uh they did look outmatched uh in in the first half against san francisco uh they they weren't uh holding the pocket together uh as long as as they have been in in the past but i mean that's to be expected with a team like san francisco um i thought isaiah pacheco uh, would have a bigger day uh, he did have some good runs in the second half once the defense uh, was worn down. Uh, you could definitely tell that the physicality of the game uh, was wearing down on both offensive and defensive lines for both teams. But um, Pacheco, he only had uh, 57 yards rushing in that in that game, but but he definitely had some big runs to help the team down the stretch. Um, Brandon Ayuk, or the lack thereof in this game, with only three catches. Um, I don't know what the game plan was defensively to take him out of the game the way they did, but evidently it worked. Um, with Jawan Jennings having such a big game and with McCaffrey dominating the touches, I mean, the ball, there, was, there wasn't just enough uh, balls to go around. Excuse me. But, but I, I don't know why you don't go to Brandon Ayuk more in this game. He is 
your wide receiver one. Uh, in my opinion, he, he took over that role uh, during this season. You know, uh, I also saw uh, credit the Pat McAfee show with this one, but uh, Ayuk isn't happy about it. Uh, he tweeted, you know, don't forget what got you there. Um, I'm assuming that's that's a a reference to the game and his lack of, of involvement in the game plan. But uh, Brandon Ayuk is definitely a situation to watch in San Francisco. Uh, after this game, uh, the rumors are that he's going to be franchise tagged uh, at in this offseason. So, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on that to see if they can make Brandon Ayuk a happy man. Uh, what does this mean for Kyle Shanahan in the loss? Um, you have another multi-possession lead in the Super Bowl that you give up. Um, we all know about the Atlanta, New England uh, debacle uh, a few years ago, uh, 28 to 3. You know, we all know about that one. But this one, in my opinion, is not on him per se. I, I, I think that. Um, in that situation, uh, with the new rules and overtime, uh, it being an unfamiliar situation with everybody, I think it just kind of got away from them there. They didn't really have a plan, but you know what? I take it back. That is definitely on the coaches because they should have a plan. <laughs> just sitting here, uh, kind of, kind of talking about it with you guys. I, I kind of realized that, yeah, that is on Kyle Shanahan. You do need to have a plan. Uh, it is your job to know these rules and to uh, have a plan for these rule changes, but it seems that the Chiefs were better prepared for it. Um, you know, I, I like Kyle Shanahan. I like his offensive system. I think that um, he is one of the best in the league at, at, at calling a game, but sometimes you just have to run the ball more and you, and you have to get out of there and, and be physical. You know, um, now granted, there was a fumble by Christian McCaffrey early on. There was a blocked field goal in the second half. Uh, the Niners left a lot of points on the board, but um, I think I think they still had a chance to win the game, and I think they could have been a little more aggressive. Um, but, you know, I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> um, moving on, though, um, some of the stats that kind of jumped out to me why the Niners lost this game and why the Kansas City Chiefs were able to pull off the comeback. The biggest one to me was third down. San Francisco was three for 12 on third down. I mean, if you're not converting um, at a level more than 25%, I mean, you're, you're not going to win many games, uh, especially the Super Bowl against a team like Kansas City. Uh, on the other hand, the Chiefs went nine of 19. So um, this game was very, very even. The time of possession was even. The turnovers were even. Passing and rushing yardage was uh, similar. Uh, you know, the Chiefs did have the edge in the passing game, of course. But I just I just think that with a few tweaks, San Francisco could have walked away with this game. They could have blown it open early. And they left a lot of opportunities on the field. They did not score uh, on their two takeaways. I believe Kansas City scored on one of theirs. But um, you have to convert those turnovers, especially if it's on their side of the field. Um, Harrison Bucker, kicker for the Chiefs, he probably was the second or third best offensive player in this game going four for four for field goals for the Chiefs. And, you know, in a game this even, it's the small things, the third downs, the field goals. Um, while San Francisco had a kick block, 
the Chiefs, they, they executed perfectly on special teams uh, for their field goals, you know. Uh, they did have a penalty, uh, you know, on a punt. But other than that, their special teams played pretty well, in my opinion. Now, um, what does this mean for the Chiefs going forward, man? I mean, we thought they were done. We thought they were dead in the water. But evidently, uh, you just you, you just can't get rid of them. <laughs> you know, um, Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Um, I see a lot of the sports Writers uh, put him in that rarefied air of Michael Jordan and and these historic figures in sports. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet, but I will say this. He's doing things I've never seen before. He's he's throwing the ball everywhere like he's no look passes. Um, comebacks in the Super Bowl against great defenses, um, you know, so so he is well on his way to being an all-time great, no matter the sport, in my opinion. Um, what a game. What a game. What a game. Um, now that the season is over, we can start looking forward to the offseason now. You know, uh, I can start talking about my Jaguars a little more and what we need <laughs> offensively and defensively. You know, come on, Trevante Sweat from Texas. That That would be an ideal pickup for me uh, to boost our, the middle of our defense. But um, I think the most talked about subject of the offseason is going to be what the Bears are going to do with that number one pick. Um, to be honest, I don't know what they should do. Justin Fields, he has this way of coming on as the season progresses. He's done it the last two years, um, but the team is not winning. Um, their coach uh, may be out of there after this year if he doesn't produce. So what do you do with that number one pick? Do you trade down and try to get Justin some help and make an attempt to make a run this year? Or do you take Caleb Williams and restart the uh, QB contract clock? You know, um, I will give my analysis on Caleb Williams uh, a little later in the uh, draft process once I see a little more tape and uh, you know, I don't know how much working out he's going to do for teams as he is the presumptive number one overall pick, but I will have to do a little more research to make that comparison. But as of right now, I am of the mindset that that the Bears should at least try to build around Justin and see what they have. They haven't given him much to work with. They haven't really given him a fair take. So let's see what he can do when he's got an offensive line, when he's got a running game. Um, the running game did get better for the Bears this year. Roshan Johnson was effective uh, before injuries kind of slowed him down. So I'd like to see what he do in year two. Um, but, but yeah, the Bears, uh, they're in a good position. They can trade down and get a bevy of picks, or they can take Caleb Williams, you know, and trade Justin Fields and still get a, get a few picks. So I am anxious to see what they're going to do. Uh, another team that I am looking at, uh, is the um, the New England Patriots? You know, what are they gonna do? They got Gerard Mayo as the as the new head coach. They've got a new offensive and defensive coordinator. Um, are they looking to par the course the Patriot way, or are they looking to blaze a new path? I mean, I think this draft is very very important for them in setting the tone uh, for for the years to come. I hear Mac Jones will not be back. So that's a good I think that's a good thing for him too. Uh, he, you know get go somewhere else, get a fresh start, um, see if you can 
see if you can make some noise somewhere else. But but his time in New England definitely should be over. It has not been pretty for most of his time there. Um, now, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm definitely looking at Drake May. I'm definitely looking at Jaden Daniels. But I don't know. Michael Michael Penix, he, he, I mean, the accuracy is there. You give that man some weapons and he might be – he might be pretty nice in the NFL. I do like Michael Penix, and uh, but we're going to definitely get more and more into the draft at, and free agency as uh, the weeks progress here on Let's Argue. Now, on to the NBA, where my Miami Heat, uh, we took care of the Bucks tonight, 123 to 97. Um, you know, that does make me a happy man. As everyone knows, I am a huge fan. Miami Heat fan, uh, you know, my boy Nikola Hovic uh, going for 24 points tonight, 8 for 13 from the field, 3 for 4 from 3. Uh, Giannis was the leading scorer for the Bucks, scoring 23, going 11 for 18. Um, you know, it, the Heat, you know, wire to wire, you know, we took care of business. So, so you know, I'm looking for my Heat to continue to improve. And uh, we've got the 76ers tomorrow. Now, uh, looking ahead, we also had the Thunder tonight against the Magic. Uh, they won that meeting 127 to 113. Um, I'm impressed with this OKC team, man. They're young, but they are coming. And I, I can't wait to watch them in the playoffs. In college, we had an upset tonight. Uh, North Carolina dropping their second game in a week to the Syracuse Orangemen. Um the Carolina Tar Heels, 79, Syracuse, 86. The game was tied at the end of the first half, but it seemed that the Qs uh, had their number in the second, you know. So, R.J. Davis, 19 points, 7 of 17 from the field. And uh, Judah Mintz for the Syracuse Orangemen, uh, going for 25 and 8 and 11. So, uh, there you have it. That was Today in Sports. I am Jay Playhard. I'm going to sign off here uh, just real quick. Please, please, please send me a friend request on Facebook at J-A-Y dot Playhard, P-L-A-Y-H-A-R-D. Um, that is my page where I will be pushing less argue to the moon and uh, interacting with fans and, and friends alike. So um, jump on that page. Give me a follow. Um, the podcast is on all of your major outlets such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you know, so we're everywhere and we're trying to grow this uh, community into one big happy family, you know. So um, if you're not a member, go ahead and join and make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that notification button. You know what I mean? Like those videos. We're trying to grow so we can monetize and, and do some big things with this podcast in 2024. So uh, with that being said, I am going to let you go. You know I don't keep you long. This is Jay Playhard signing off. <laughs>